Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. Jay Jones, and I am here with George Mays for Text Driven Tuesday. And we're in Hebrews for Text Driven Tuesday, so you want to grab your Bibles, go to Hebrews 13, verses 7 through 9 today. George, how does it feel to be sponsored by cream sodas everywhere? <laughs> we should be. We should be. We should yeah. be. I've got a uh, boiling. I think I'm saying that right, cream soda. Where'd you get that? One of our church members brought it to me. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes they do that um, when they spot a unique cream soda. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Yeah. It'd be it'd be fun to like not tell you gotta people put what the, this you is. You got to put the. What if I didn't put, tell you, you what put this the, is? You got to put the label. Yeah. What if I didn't front? say what it is though, and you just knew this is a Reformed Baptist podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Look at the picture. Hmm. Yeah. Well. We're I mean, if we, text- I mean, if we want to go doctrine and devotion, we can. We could get the sixty get sixteen eighty nine tattooed on our uh, on our knuckles and mm. just sit here with some cigars. Yeah. <laughs> they like to post a lot about their cigars. They I find uh, it interesting. They haven't done it as much lately. Uh, at least I haven't seen. Yeah. Them doing it as much lately. They used to, <laughs> it used to be like right in your face. Yeah. Did you ever watch the Jeff Durbin? Uh, you probably didn't. The, there was a post post millennial conference. It, it was all online. Uh-huh. It was like COVID year. Yeah. And Jeff Durbin was uh, sitting in a chair, smoking, talking about post millennialism, and he was like trying to. He had a he had a cigar. <clears throat> he was trying to light it with a match off his fingernail, mm-hmm. and he couldn't do it. <laughs> And it was very, it was very noticeable. You like he cool even points. had the, like he even had to stop <laughs> what he was talking about, <laughs> so he could light his cigar. Huh. Lost cool points there. Yeah, it was, it was pretty lame. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was that conference, so <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how are you going to talk about that post mill? You can't even light your cigar. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Well, we're back in uh, Text Driven Tuesday, so um, why don't you give us a like, subscribe, and share? How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe write us a review. That was the creepiest. <laughs> I always, always do it at the end. always do it at the end, so I figure this time, you know what? Before everybody forgets, I'll just throw it in there. Yeah. We need some commercial breaks too. Get those, you, you get know those what we notifications. should do. Since we're not we really need a, sponsored we need by a, anybody, we need a bathroom break. Is what we need. We, we need to have an intermission. Yeah. We uh, we we're getting to, up, we we're getting up there with sponsors. we're getting up we're getting up there. Some sometimes we get up there with like the like James White and the dividing line yeah. uh, length of of podcast. Sometimes, yeah. We put. We, I I tell you, we're like into Joe Rogan territory. We're encroaching on this territory. Yeah, you still so, listen to him? I, I'll I'll listen occasionally if he'll, if he's interviewing somebody that's interesting. Did I, you Did you watch him shoot his arrows at uh, Elon Musk? Yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah, the cyber truck. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why don't we do cool things like that? Why won't we, Why won't you let me shoot arrows at your 
at the Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just don't have time yeah. to come up with fun stuff. Like that. <laughs> Is that the reason you won't and let music, me and all shoot the music? You, have you heard those podcasts? They've got like music in there, mm-hmm. little breaks and oh, things. Yeah. yeah, we don't do that. We don't even edit our podcast. I don't know if people know that. I'm sure they have their suspicions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't like, think that's going to come as get, a surprise. Hey, when are we going to do a live, uh, a live one? We got to figure out how to do that. What are we going to go live? What are we going to (laughs) do? I don't know. You want? I don't know. Are we going to do a? Is that our Nephilim? You want? You want to? You want to do a a a podcast and break the internet live? You want to know what we'll do? (laughs) What's that? We'll take on post mill theonomy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that what you want to? Is that really what you want to do? I'm I'm down. You know, (laughs) here's here's the thing, Georgia. I got a little tame these past few years. Yeah. Like I really mellowed out. It's probably Evangeline's fault. Um, I can tell she's really she's really chill. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> a, she sucked all the energy out of me. Oh, okay, but you know I'm always down for a fight, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of getting tired of watching Baptist jump ship and go pedo Baptist because I, of post theonomy. I don't even know if it's if it's that. I don't know. I'm getting frustrated with it. Also, I I saw a post just yesterday of someone that. I went to church with years ago, and and they were having water poured on their baby's head. Yeah, I, it does. It gets uh, it gets a little frustrating. I I get. Uh, you know, I like to say in America we like to keep the water pouring on heads, you know, restricted to waterboarding, <laughs> and we baptize people fully by immersion. But I've been, I've been wrong lately. I guess, you know. Yeah. Did you read the Jared Longshore? article that he put out about uh are your ki- are your children in the new covenant the one that he tried to use hebrews for mm. yeah it was it was not good james white had a good response on the dividing line he, uh-huh. did, he did like an hour response and it was good yeah showing uh just walking through hebrews and showing that that it destroys the argument of hebrews if you include unbelievers in the new covenant yeah <clears throat> the real test, though, like like I said, is if, if you want to know if you're a real Baptist, wait till you have kids, <laughs> right? And then when your kids start growing, that's when the test comes. Because like we're we're both like in we we'd say we're both in covenant theology, mm-hmm. historical streams, mm-hmm. you know, going back to the 1600s. But that's the test. Yeah. It's a strong pull. I mean, like it's a. I can I can sympathize to a degree. I I um when we're it's going to be like thirty minutes before we get into Hebrews, Jay. <laughs> when I first discovered Calvinism, um, I started reading a bunch of of reform guys, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are Presbyterian. That's not because Baptists aren't writing. It's just because they're not the ones that are being showcased. Right. It's it's the Presbyterians, it's the Puritans, Presbyterians. And uh, you know, started listening to uh, to RC Sproul and I started questioning my position on baptism. Mm-hmm. Listened to the debate between him and MacArthur, which found super unhelpful. I didn't think it was <laughs> right. I didn't think it was very good. Um 
Uh, yeah, I, I felt the I felt the pull until I discovered that hey, there's there's actually Baptist right. covenant theology, like historical Reformed Baptist, um, and they they put the they put the story of of the scriptures together. They put the canon together, and I, I think it's more consistent than Presbyterian covenant theology. Right. But yeah, I I understand, especially if you're if you're only reading Presby's, <laughs> you're going to start picking up on their arguments you're gonna yeah. i mean but uh that that doesn't mean that the baptists don't have good arguments it's just that a lot of the people that we listen to and and read are they're paedo baptist right um yeah. so we as baptists especially as as ministers we need to be encouraging our people to listen to reform baptists and understand the arguments mm. yeah and, and be convictional, like like when when I mean I grew up Baptist and I grew up um, believing that baptism is for believers only, but I I never was really taught why, yeah. and not in a covenantal sense, uh-huh. like why why are we baptizing believers only in the in the way that the Bible reveals itself? It's because of the covenants, but. Right. I mean, if you're if you're not hearing that stuff from your pastors and teachers, you're you're not going to understand. Yeah, it's definitely not a, a debate that's going to be settled in our lifetime. <laughs> All right, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, well, if that post mill is true, I would I would think that the baptism debate would have to be settled, wouldn't it? Well, just like what happened in World War One and World War Two. Um. When World War Three breaks out, that post mill's over. Yeah, everybody gave up on it then. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if everyone gave up on well, it. Well, not everyone, you know. But as its popularity, I mean, it was popular mm. at the turn of the century. Um, quickly became unpopular. Yeah. So, yeah, especially the the uh, I think American the American version that we have today is kind of a different it is yeah. thing you it's, won't it's 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 undergone different developments yeah i mean if you read i mean you knew at one time i was postmill right uh-huh. back before all the ki- cool kids were i was postmill for about yeah. five i think minutes. i was the only one probably in my at my seminary that was yeah like for real and maybe only one of a handful of calvinists at that time um so if you read like the puritan hope by ian murray Mm-hmm. It's good. You can see like kind of that the post mill flavor of a lot of the Puritans, not all of them. Uh, but I don't see the same. It's not the same. It's uh, not. No, what it's, I, what it's I not. see being uh, uh, the American, modern American version mm-hmm. is not the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's undergone development. Yeah. Nor is it the liberalism. So I, will, I won't even try to. You know, link those two together. A lot of the postmillennialism was tied to liberalism mm-hmm. earlier um, through uh, transforming society socially, a lot of things like that. Though that is still around today to a degree. Anyway, what should we do for a live one, George? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. We'll have to figure out our technology first <clears throat> before we make that happen. So. But I think we'll get we're getting close. Maybe when we get this new uh, that new platform we'll be working on next uh, probably be done by December. 
hopefully. So we'll get that up, get that up and running. A good plug here for for everybody. Once we get uh, our new app developed, we'll, you can also probably watch and listen to the podcast on the app. So that should be out December. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we're back in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 through 9. Three verses, Mm -hmm. three points. Mm -hmm. You want to read the text and we'll jump in? Sure. All right. Yep. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. There you go. So we've got three points today. Uh, Three, did you say memories Mm -hmm. we need to hold on to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wasn't here, I was traveling, so Mm -hmm. I had to listen and scratch notes uh, this morning. Three memories that we need to hold on to. Okay, so the first one is pretty obvious if you're looking at your Bible. What a novel idea, George, (laughs) that your point would come from the text. Mm -hmm. I think there's a theme that we keep hitting on here. That's right. Um, Remember the faith of your leaders. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> All right. <laughs> point number two. <laughs> yeah, point number two. Yeah. So you probably didn't have the same experiences that I did growing up since your dad was uh, a chaplain. Mm-hmm. You guys uh, you guys mainly went to, to church on post, right? Yeah, I grew up in the Protestant uh, service. So back then you really, there were more, more, chapels, they call them chapels, churches, on army installations back then. So like nearly every brigade, like if you're not from the army, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but every brigade would have one. So there were numerous on Fort Sill back then, Protestant services, but we go to the brigade chapel. Nowadays, you pretty much have your traditional Protestant service, and then you may have a contemporary, they call it like chapel next or whatever. I just call it uh, Rick Warren... Rick Warren Chapel, Rick Warren Chapel service. You know, it's all bought into the whole uh-huh. contemporary thing. Right. Uh, to reach, reach people, got to be contemporary. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have sometimes a gospel service, which, in my, in my opinion, is probably better than Chapel Next. That's where, I mean, if we're being honest. That's where the gospel service. That's where most of the Black Protestants go. Um, but back then, it wasn't. We didn't have that. It was just Protestant service. And so, yeah, my dad was the. I would say was my pastor. Yeah. So the other people who would rotate in to preach could be a variety of mm. different backgrounds and stuff, but yeah, they weren't as good as preachers usually. Yeah. So, yeah. <coughs> um, I was I was really close to my. Yeah, you opened up my, with kind my, of talking my, about my some of the, like some my, of that stuff. My my pastor and youth minister and music minister. I was I was really close to him. So I mean we I mean I was at church all the time. You grew up in one church mainly. Uh, yeah. When I was, uh, I, I uh, was a, a kid in one church that closed. Okay. It was, uh, I guess you could say it. I mean, it was a dying church. Like, 
old older people. Yeah. Um, so eventually we they closed and we went to another church. And that's the church that I was at until I uh became a minister myself. Yeah. So prop I mean, all through my middle school and, and high school years. In the college. I mean I was I was away from uh-huh. college, but that was that was my my home church. Yeah. And I was I was really close to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so lots of lots of memories of of uh talking to these guys, being in their office, uh going to their home for Bible studies. Yeah. Um so. I can't I can't remember at this point where you'd be able to talk about it. Consider the you know, like the out the outcome of their way of life. Mm-hmm. The kind of testimony of their life, the, those who spoke the word of God to you, like remember your pastors, right? Yeah, and these are so. There's there is um, this verse, really this this section. It it reminds us to go back to Hebrews chapter two, where he tells them to be careful to to pay attention to the message, lest they drift away. Uh-huh. It was it was first delivered by the Lord, and then by those who bore witness to right. it. Yeah. Um, and so these, the, this idea of remembering your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome, which is a word that, um, can be translated like, like the end or the result of their way of life. Uh-huh. So it's, it is, um, it's commonly understood that these are leaders who are gone, who okay. have probably died. Right. Um, so we're, we're talking about probably a second second generation Christians here. And so these leaders that, that the apostles telling them to remember are probably their, their first pastors Uh and they've, they're now gone, whether through old age or martyrdom, the, the, the text doesn't, doesn't lean either way. Um, but they're they're probably not there anymore. So he's telling them to remember these men, uh-huh. uh, and and he's he's really connecting it back to Hebrews chapter eleven. Like here is the here's this long line of men and women in the Old Testament who are who are people of faith. Now he's saying, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So he's uh-huh. he's linking them into the. This long line of that he's they're they're now part of the great cloud of witnesses. Ah, yeah. So remember <clears throat> remember them. Mm-hmm. What do you think the goal is in this? Uh, as far as it fits into the idea of persevering in the in the faith. Well, if we remember that um, persecution has been a part of this church's past, from we we know that from chapter ten. Um, we can think that these leaders were probably part of that that earlier persecution when some of them were publicly maligned and ridiculed, some of them were thrown into prison, some of them had their property plundered. Um, these leaders would have been their leaders during that time. And so look back at that time and see how your leaders lived through this time of, of persecution. Um, what What did they do? When they were publicly ridiculed, mm-hmm. how did they respond? Uh, they probably were some of them were, that were thrown in the prison. I mean, uh, who who are the targets? Who are the targets when the when the right. government comes for it for the Christians? Right. They go after the pastors, right? Like they're not just going out there. It's it's like going after Hydra, right? Like cut off the head. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what that's what they do. They still do that 
today, you know, in China, who are they arresting? They arrest the pastors. Uh-huh. Um, so remember your leaders. Remember how they how they endured during this time of trial. And now that persecution is starting to ramp back up for these believers. Um, consider those leaders and imitate their faith. Uh-huh. Um, how did they endure? Uh-huh. Well, mimic them. That's that's what the word remember means. Um, don't don't fall away. These these men in the past they gave their lives yeah. for the church. Are you going to abandon the church now? Are you going to fall away? Mm-hmm. Are you going to um, I don't know, let these let these men down who have have worked and they have shed blood and sweat and tears for the church, and now that persecution is hitting you. Are you going to? Mm. Are you going to? Um, are you going to copy them, or are you going to fall away? Yeah, that that really is the the thrust of it. Okay, yeah, and we can do the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we we look back at um, at people that have poured into our lives, and um, what what kind of people are we going to be? You had mentioned um, you had talked about. <clears throat> I can't remember exactly how you brought it in, but you brought up, I think, a good discussion point about your the people who have directly and personally involved in your life, and then maybe those that, because of the digital age that we live in, mm-hmm. where people can really love someone they've never met. <laughs> right. Or, or maybe maybe never will meet, or maybe have met in passing, mm-hmm. you know, at a conference. We can think about all the people who have really been influential in our lives. Um, so talk about that for a little bit, because I think for some, they might think, well, I've never, I never have really even had a faithful pastor, mm. so the only ones I really know are the ones who taught me and like ministered to me mm. through digital media. Right, yeah. Well, it's, it's easy to have, I mean, I think there's a... Um, I think there's a, a good criticism of the celebrity Christian culture. Mm. Um, we have all these conferences, and it's almost like going to, um, it's like the Christian version of like a rock concert. Right. <laughs> like you're going to, you go to Together for the Gospel, or you go to the Gospel Coalition, or G3, and I think at G3, don't they even have time when you can like get autographs and stuff? I don't know. I've never I, th- been. I, think they, I think they do. Like, I've never I, been to and, G3. And it, that's not to that's not to say let's shut it all down. Um, but we need to be careful, like how we're treating these these guys that we listen to on online. Uh-huh. Like we we do um, we do benefit greatly from the time of of uh, technology that we live in, and we're able to listen to these guys that we never would have been able to hear. Uh-huh. You know, a hundred years ago. Um, but there's this temptation to put them on this pedestal and then to neglect or take for granted the, the pastor that God has providentially put in your life. Like, let's be honest, like neither one of us are RC Sproul, (laughs) like the church at Christ fellowship that like they don't have John MacArthur as their pastor. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, George, we can 
If you want to be like R.C. Sproul, you're going to have to break out the old school cigarettes. I guess. Huh? <laughs> I guess. So. I thought you were going to say I was going to have to start baptizing babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know, there was a time uh, when there wasn't such a thing as vaping. You had to smoke actual tobacco. R.C. Sproul loved him some old school tobacco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet those were legendary times. Can you imagine back in the day? Well, you see, you see these, pic- you know, back you in see the these day, pictures. You see these old pictures of him. Yeah. I mean, he he was a guy from the 60s. <laughs> he oh, yeah. had like the tight. I am, the I am tight, at the tight, the tight pants and oh, yeah. the, and the big, the big glasses. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smoking a cigarette. And I can imagine uh, the you know the Ligonier offices back in the day. Everybody's walking around. <laughs> They're just smoking. Kids are coming it's in. Like, it's like Mad Men. You know, <laughs> kids are coming in there. They're they're breathing in secondhand smoke everywhere. You know, all those uh, yeah. baptized children of the covenant getting that secondhand smoke. <laughs> you know, Sproul smoking it unfiltered, just yeah. straight. Puts it down. Has to warm up the throat. Then starts teaching from memory. About all these historical <laughs> figures of the church. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I got to get the synapses fired up. Let me get mm-hmm. a drag. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to be like him, you're going to have to maybe start there. Yeah. Get those synapses going with some old school, pure, <laughs> pure tobacco right. product. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong. I mean, I, I, I mean, we've talked about our uh, the the guys who have been influential in in kind of our development, and R.C. Sproul is a huge one um, in my life. Yeah, but he was never my pastor. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know him, and he didn't know me, and so I I I didn't have a window into his his life. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what he was like at home. With uh, with his wife and kids, yeah. I have no idea. Um, I I don't know. I, all I all I know is the the RC Sproul that is uh, visible on you know on on camera. Um, he he wasn't my pastor, so it, there's a um, there's there is benefit to being around your leader like your leader knows you and you can know him Mm -hmm. and you can you can see his you can see his life you can see how he interacts you 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 see him at more times than just when he's standing up to preach like you can be in his home he can be in your home you can be around his family he can be around your family and that's that's better than just watching somebody on screen. I mean, this is this is an argument against um, like multi-site churches where you're just watching a guy on on a screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to Life Church and you watch Craig Rochelle, and and like Craig Rochelle doesn't know who you are, <laughs> um, or uh, or you know JD Greer or who or whoever. Um. It's also a uh, an argument against uh, staying at home and and watching service online. Like you're you're not going to be around your leaders, and your leaders aren't going to be around you. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to watch them. You're not going to be able to to imitate them because you don't know what they were like. Yeah, like it, it, you. 
my my pastor, uh, growing up, um, really close to him, uh, brother Jimmy. He was my pastor from, I don't know, eighth or ninth grade until he, he died in 2001 when I was a junior in college. Um, and I, I got to know him. And I remember I had, uh, I had surgery between my, my sophomore and junior year of high school. And even through the, the, all the pain med- medication and the haze, mm-hmm. I remember him coming up every single day and praying for me. Um, I saw how he went through, he, he died of, of brain cancer and I, I saw some of how he endured that and, uh, that I can remember that so that I can mimic him and I can mimic his faith. If that was just some guy, you remember when Matt Chandler had, uh, yeah, had yeah. brain, brain cancer, uh-huh. yeah. um, I don't have the same, I didn't have, I didn't have any interaction with Matt Chandler. Yeah. Like I could see, I could see how he went through it from what was presented, but I, I didn't know what, know what it was like yeah. on a personal level. Uh-huh. So I'm not able to mimic that, not right. the same way that I can mimic my pastor. So remember your pastor, remember your leader, uh, the one who, the one who spoke the word of God to you. Um, consider the outcome of their way of life and then mimic their faith. Mm. Yeah. Now uh, to, to the point of, you know, there's, there are people that don't have good pastors, right? Like there are people that like just go to the best church that you can find. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's still things that you can, yeah. that you there's still things like, Maybe. Unless, unless you're going to like, um, uh, you know, Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even, <laughs> like if even the even the we're not talking about we're not talking about like um, exalt this guy and ignore all of his faults. It's uh, because that's not what faith is. Like faith is not the sinless perfection. We're not saying he's not saying like observe these leaders and see how they they never sinned and they never had any weaknesses and they never failed. It's in the midst of their weaknesses and their sin, imitate how they kept clinging to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so even in the even in you know, even if you're you think well my my pastor is uh, really not a very good preacher, right? Like he's all topical and all stories. Um, if he's a if he's a true Christian, there's still going to be something that you can you can look at and examine. Right. You know. Yeah. So we're not we're not talking and I also pointed out like he he talks about considering the outcome of their way of life. Like not just one one moment in mm-hmm. their life because if you just look at one moment in my life, who knows what you're going to see. I mean, you're wearing a Cubs hat right now. <laughs> All right. So we'll have to take the whole I'm done. The I'm whole done. <laughs> As I was walking out, Julia was like, "Why are you wearing your Rangers hat?" <laughs> You a Rangers guy? You like the Rangers? They're your number two. They would be my. They'd be my American League uh, team. I mean, yeah. I grew up in Tulsa, and uh, Tulsa used to be their. their I'd, say minor, my, the, I'd say they were my number two. They used to be their minor league up. team, so I got to watch like Pud Pud Rodriguez yeah. and Juan Gonzalez and some of these like big name yeah uh, Rangers yeah. players. Old Pudge, old Pudge. I'll never forget when and he was awesome. Time. Even even when he was playing for the Tulsa Drillers, he was yeah. awesome. I was a little kid. 
had in elementary school, I got Nolan Ryan's autograph. Actually, he was super cool. There were tons of kids, and he stayed there for like all of us. And then remember after the game, Pudge Rodriguez came by. He just blew us all off. Yeah. <laughs> just like really, yeah. Just pretend we weren't even there. Hopped mm. in his sports car, drove off. That's a shame. Yeah, it really was. Never felt the same about him since. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But what can you do? That's I mean, you're gonna sign autographs for six hours ever. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to yeah. go home. Yeah, they're humans too, <laughs> right? Um, it's yeah, like that, it's like the pastor at the held hostage at the end of the service. <laughs> can I can I go eat lunch now? Yeah. I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm just well, kidding. No, this is, I mean, this well, is church jokes. Well, I mean, if you're if you're looking for me to uh, have like a two hour conversation with you right after I got done preaching, you're probably not going to catch me on my A game. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably going to get me tired. Yeah, you know, um, there are times that I'm distracted. Uh, there's times that like, you don't know what's going on in my life. Sometimes um, we're we're just people. That that's not to say that we're not supposed to. This this verse um, is a reminder that we should be striving to be the kind of guys that are worthy to be imitated. Like just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I'm well, worthy to be imitated. But I should strive to be this. I should try. I should strive to be a man of faith that people can look at and say, even when he was a sinner, yeah. <laughs> even even in his weakness and the times that he did let me down. Yeah, and I, I'm going to let people down for sure. You know that, but imitate their faith. Like, am I am I someone that keeps following Jesus? Am I someone that keeps yeah. clinging to Christ yeah. and acknowledging my weaknesses and my sins and my failings? And am I somebody that um, you can say, well, I'm I'm um, uh, like it's Christ, mm-hmm. like it's Christ. Um, am I the kind of guy that people can look at and say? That that's that's what that's what the life of faith looks like, mm-hmm. um, and you know it, it mentions consider imitate their faith. Don't imitate their personality or their strategies or it, you know it's it's not. I, I've been at a church where um, so the church I I went to after my first church closed down, uh, it was a different pastor and he he went to another church. He he uh, got he got a, a position somewhere else, and a lot of people left and went with him. Huh. And I remember even at a young age thinking that that was weird. Like, why are you following? Why are you following the pastor? Like, what about the? What about this church? Um, like, people can get caught up in personality. Mm. Uh, the Christ Fellowship Church is not. I love that we have a plurality of elders. And we got we have five guys with with very different personalities, so that people can look at us. And they can say it's not about the personality; it's about the gospel. Mm-hmm. Is what is their message? Um, what does their faith look like? Not uh, am I going to follow Stony Face or you know Cubs fan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not it's not about personality. Um, it's it's about the message, right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. So I I I hope that I can be a person that uh, the the people at at our church can can imitate my faith right yeah Uh, that's good yeah it's uh it's a strange time uh, in our culture in america to to be a pastor and to also maybe even if you're a member of a congregation to try to obey this because 
pastors don't have a good reputation in America. Yeah. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. In times past, I, I think, you know, pastors would be held up. And this is weird, too, because it used to be like an army officer. Like if you were a doctor or a lawyer, an army officer, a pastor, like in your community, mm-hmm. you're really <clears throat> like... Uh, right. Yeah, you're, you were a leader. Yeah, you were a leader. Not just your, of the church, and but you're of the somebody community. people like looked up to yes. and respected. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nowadays, um, pastors are not mm. not respected, and no. and really, honestly, I think that's just the natural. It's a natural phenomenon because of pastors have brought so much shame mm. to the office. Yeah. Well, I, I saved it until the conclusion. Um, you want to save it till then? Then uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. You... Um, yeah, we're talking about it. You might as well. <laughs> um, I, I saved it for the conclusion because I, I wanted to come back to my opening mm-hmm. with my conclusion, and I wanted to, to emphasize it. But um, like these guys that I grew up with that were influential. I mean, my youth minister was like a, a big brother to me. Like he taught me how to tie a tie. <laughs> I mean, he was... He was the, when I felt like when I felt like that inner call to the ministry. He was the first person that I went to uh. before I went to my parents or even the pastor. I went to my youth minister uh, a few years ago. I found out he committed adultery and left his wife and kids. Like they have like five kids, mm. and he he left them. Uh, my music minister. I've I've uh, learned how to lead music from him. Uh, I've got a hymnal. In my office that he gave to me when I first had a when my I had my first position as a music minister, he gave me a, a nice hymnal and and wrote in it a nice message. Um, a couple of years ago, he got arrested for uh, child molestation. Like I've I've seen his mugshot. Mm. Um, the guy who replaced my pastor after he died was actually my first youth minister. So he was my youth minister, and he went somewhere else, and then uh, he got hooked up with the pastor and the pastor kind of mentored him. And then when he died, he, he kind of was kind of like the Timothy to, uh-huh. to Paul. And he, for some reason, he just became super authoritarian um, and, uh, and split the church. And uh, then he wanted to make a unilateral decision and he got pushed back and he just left. <laughs> like, like they came in like Monday morning and he'd like cleared out his office and he was gone. Uh, last I heard, he divorced his wife and wasn't in the ministry. And uh, it's, <laughs> I woke up one morning uh, last week as I was thinking about this passage and I was just bothered by the fact that all these guys that were so influential for me growing up, um, like they've, they're all gone. Not, not just dead, but like they've left the faith mm. and it re- it really bothered me that um these are the guys that i these are the guys that i've i i looked up to they were they were my mentors yeah and they're all gone and it it julia could tell you like it's bothered me all week yeah just thinking about that um it's a high calling to be a pastor so and i and in in 20 30 years what are these kids here going to think about us? Like, yeah. Are they going to look back and say that that was a guy who I want to be like, I want to imitate his faith, or are they going to they going to look back and there's a guy who's walked away from 
not just the church, but his family and, and the faith. Mm. And, um, if it's, if it's just left up to me in my own strength, um, like I'm a sinner. I, I have to, I have to hold on to the gospel. I have to persevere. I need the church to pray for me and people to hold me accountable. I love my wife. She was talking to me yesterday after, after church. She was like, if you ever do any of those things, I'll just punch you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's good. Yeah. 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 So, so it's just it's just a sobering thought. Yeah, it is. So kind of application, I guess, would be for pastors is to try to be somebody that one day people could remember yeah. your faith. And that's not in a way that you're trying to build up your own ministry. You're not trying to exalt yourself, but you're you're just simply trying to be faithful to what God has called you to do. Uh, Paul tells Timothy to to keep a close watch on his doctrine and on his life. Um, that that's what we need to do. Mm. Yeah, so well, that's what it means to be a man of faith, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So pray, pray for your pastors. You have that as yeah, an application. Pray, pray for your pastors. Yeah. yeah, yep. I had many people come up and tell me yesterday that they pray for not just me, but for for all the elders, and that's encouraging. Yeah. Like to know that people throughout the week are actually praying for me. Yeah. What if your prayers were the means that God used to cause your pastor to persevere? Right. I wonder yeah. if people ever consider that. Because God uses means, and sometimes because we think God is sovereign, just things just will happen because they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. But what if yeah. the prayers of the church people are the actual means that God uses to keep pastors faithful? Mm. Yeah. Something to consider. Yeah. All right, so number two is remember the unchangeableness of Jesus. Did you create a, did you create a word? Unchangeable, unchangeableness. Unchangeableness. If you did, I like it. <clears throat> it's no, it's 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 a word. Because mm. <laughs> I I checked it to see if I was spelling it right in my okay. notes. <laughs> so you thought you might have created a word. Well, too? I, I at first I was going to say remember the constancy of Jesus. But I was like that's a word that people don't use, so they, they probably wouldn't be able to remember what the point was. Then I was going to use uh, remember the immutability of Jesus, because that's the theological term. Uh-huh. But again, that's a word that maybe people didn't know, so I went with unchangeableness. Okay. Because that's, what, that's what's going on here, right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. He doesn't change. He's unchangeable. Yeah. Immutable. Right. Right. Um oh, this is a like this is a, a well known verse. Oh, people yeah. know, like people know this I've, verse. I've heard people right. say this verse many a times. Yeah. In uh <clears throat> like spontaneity uh-huh. even. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to memorize. Yeah. Um all my kids memorized it. They all recited it at the at the dinner table yesterday. I told people like you can memorize this before you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, super easy. Uh, it reminds us it 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 uh, it reminds us of chapter one, where um, the the writer he he uh, he quotes from the Psalms uh, Psalm one hundred three and he he applies it applies this truth about Yahweh to Jesus that all creation is going to disappear. You're going to take it off like uh, like a change of clothes, but you. You never change. You're always the same. Um, so it reminds us that Jesus is not an angel. Uh-huh. 
Um, he's not just a man. He is Yahweh. He is the unchangeable second person of the Trinity. Mm. But um, I think that the way that people quote the verse is the way that they usually read the verse. It's in a vacuum. Huh. <laughs> it's just it's uh, it's just this theological idea, right? But um, why is it here? <laughs> why is it in chapter thirteen where it is? Because it just kind of lands there. Um, but it um, it's there to support verses seven and nine. Mm-hmm. So verse seven has two imperatives. Remember your leaders and imitate their faith. Mm-hmm. And then verse 9 says, don't be led away, don't be led astray by uh, diverse and strange teachings. Mm. Um, and in the middle is uh, an indicative, mm-hmm. like a declarative statement that Jesus isn't the same. So it actually is um, not just a theological truth, but it also has ethical application. Okay. So... Remember your leaders, imitate their faith, but these guys are gone. Like they're, they're dead. Um, you may, as you're thinking about their life, remember some of their, fa- their failings. Jesus Christ is the same. He doesn't change. So it, it reminds us of chapter 7 where the Levitical high priest, he, he, uh, he was prevented by death from continuing in his office, so there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They'll just have a long line of high priests. But Jesus, he's able to say to the utmost those who, who come to him uh, because he, is, he remains forever. So it's, it's the same idea. And then don't be led astray by strange teachings because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So his, it's, it's like the imagery of, of, uh, of chapter 6, this anchor like what what is the anchor that holds us it's christ christ is the anchor that holds us to god and he doesn't change he doesn't move and so you can hold on to him um no matter whether your leaders are gone or your circumstances change or you're presented with some new teaching jesus is always the same so hold on to him right so and, so even for those who like <clears throat> maybe never had it they never had a good pastor yeah or they did, and then some scandal happens in their life, like your pastors that you had, and yeah. now you're discouraged because of, of how they all yeah. fell, fell away. Uh-huh. But you can remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. I mean, the Jesus, they, they may not be holding on to the Jesus that they preached now, but the Jesus that they preached is the same Jesus. Like, he hasn't changed. Um, the gospel message hasn't changed. Mm. Um, and this would have been uh, especially relevant for these these believers because the yesterday would have been this this time in the past when persecution was affecting them, when they're being publicly ridiculed, maligned, and thrown in the prison and having their property confiscated. Right. Jesus was faithful to them then. Like the church is still there. He didn't abandon the church. They they were able to to weather the storm. Mm. Today is the new the new challenge as persecution is coming back um that chapters three and four he he repeatedly quotes from psalm 95 and says today if you hear his voice don't harden your hearts so today 
as persecution is coming back, Jesus is the same. The same Jesus that was faithful yesterday when there was persecution is the same Jesus who's gonna be faithful to you today in persecution, and he's gonna be faithful no matter what happens in the future. Uh. And so it's, it's, not just, it's not just a statement of his eternality, it's a statement of his faithfulness in the situation you experienced yesterday and the experience you face today and whatever experience you're going to face tomorrow or the next day or in 50 years. Um, he, he will always be faithful. And that's, that's hope, yeah. right? <laughs> like that's, hope for, that's hope for Christians that are experiencing persecution and hostility and whatever suffering you're, you're undergoing. Your circumstances may change. Your leaders may change. Um, Jesus will never change. I think about like uh, people who... I don't know if they they're listening to the podcast, but maybe they've. I won't say like I guess deconstructed, and in part because of their bad leaders, right? So they have associated. Yeah, I mean, that's with, a, like this is this is one of the reasons people give for leaving, mm-hmm. right? Well, my pastor was he did this or he said this or you know he, we went to him and he just kind of uh, ignored us or or whatever. Or they fell away, and then yeah. Or they, or they cause the church to split, or you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, this is one of the this is one of the the reasons why people leave. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, it's the reason they give. Right. So how to like reengage that person? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, church members, and it's not just some other pastor coming, because mm-hmm. maybe it would take someone who's not a pastor. Like if you've been burned by pastors, maybe you need just another Christian mm-hmm. to in, reengage with you and to remind you of this truth. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, it's a terrible thing when pastors do that, and then that causes people to think, like, Jesus isn't real, mm. this isn't true, look right. at their life. If it was true, that wouldn't have happened to them. Um, maybe they need to be reengaged by another just regular Christian to remind them of this truth, right. that Jesus is the same. Mm. Yeah. That the Jesus we meet on the pages of the Bible is real. Yeah, That's who he is, and that's who he'll be forever. Yeah. Like I may fail, <laughs> but that's not Jesus failing you. That's yeah. that's me failing you. Yeah. Um, what what team do you think? Uh, it's probably not the Cubs, but what team do you think he likes? <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty spicy this morning, Jay. I mean, is it the cream soda? Is I just it, know. Is it, is it causing you to be? Uh, I mean, look, I just you're, doubt, thro- you're throwing shade at me. And I just I d- doubt that. He what have would I done? Have I have associate. I have I done something? Are you are you mad at me? Today? I mean, the curse of the goat, right? <laughs> so I'm just putting two and two together here logically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> People may not know about that, but it was broken. The Cubs broke the curse. Uh-huh, so yeah, you know. Have I have I offended maybe you in some he, in some way, Jay? Are you maybe, are you mad at me? Maybe this, he is a Cubs morning? fan, huh? Maybe it was a scapegoat, <laughs> and the Cubs broke the curse, and so maybe you know it'd be interesting to see, right? You got some al- you got some allegory going well, on. It's know, impressive. <laughs> Jesus is a person. Yeah, people right. forget that Jesus is a person, and I have to believe that he probably watches baseball. Do you think? Do you think that he uh, like did they have sports in ancient Israel? I don't know. I wonder if they had. They probably had like beanbag toss, but with like the fish guts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because wherever there's you a group of dudes, you could have gone with you could have gone with corn or grain, but you went with fish guts. Yeah, I mean they're fishermen, and then you know they're around with the fire. Uh-huh. 
They're dudes. Yeah. They're going to come up with strange games. They, they, they grab like the fish guts and they're like, Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who can, who can throw it in the fire? <laughs> I don't what know. What were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. Point number three. Are we ready? Please. <laughs> Very important one here. <laughs> yes. Third thing we are to remember. Remember uh, the teaching of the gospel. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much shade I want to throw. I'm not trying to throw shade, but... <laughs> you know, we... We visited a different church. Okay. We're traveling. Yeah. I'll keep it somewhat vague. Traveling, visit another church. And I don't think that I heard the gospel one time mm. in the whole service. Okay. From beginning to end. I'm not even sure maybe that I heard the name Jesus, but maybe a couple times. Really? Yeah. So a lot of assumptions going on there, right? Yes. Like the songs that were... that were sung were very general okay about God they were I would say God worship mm-hmm. so not Trinitarian not really there's not a gospel a lot of gospel even in the music mm. um, the sermon though it was a guest a guest uh, preacher was not not good mm. um, I think we just take for granted. <clears throat> I think at least I have maybe in our church. How many times in one service? Yeah, <laughs> you will hear the gospel at our church. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and if I take it for granted, I'm sure our church people do too. Mm. But it's if you think back through it, it's repeated. Which was funny. Which made me connect other things like the accusations that have been thrown at our church mm-hmm. that we're a cult and because right. we're Calvinists, we don't have the gospel. Mm. And I'm. I'm willing to bet if somebody were to do like a, a study, a, like a thesis, and they were to look at all the churches in Southwest Oklahoma, and they were to look at our church, mm-hmm. and they were to like make a grid, we'd blow it out of the water. <laughs> From the very time you step in uh-huh. to the time you leave, you're going to hear the whole gospel mm-hmm. and be called to believe it. Yeah. Repeatedly. <clears throat> Yep. Over and over and over. Mm. It's like it's like it's the rhythm or the drumbeat of our church. Well, uh, I mean, we've we've had Philip on here, and we've talked about our worship service, and it, it's it's organized to communicate the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing is centered on the gospel, right? But you're you're. I mean, you're right. It's and it's not just it's not just one church. I mean, I, I think, and this isn't to say that 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 they're false churches. Like they're apostate churches. I think that we just assume the gospel. That's we just what I was, assu- we just assume it. Yeah. We just think that every we we use Christianese, and we just assume that everyone knows what we're talking about, and it's just not the case. Right. It's just not the case. Um. In our cult, uh, I mean, in our culture, unbelievers don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. They do. like like you you uh you know you remember the John three sixteen guy. At sporting events, mm-hmm. holding up John three sixteen, like that's assuming that people know what you're what you're even talking about. Nowadays, they wouldn't even know that that's in the Bible, right? They wouldn't know what that what what in the world is that. Yeah. They have no idea. Yeah. Um. 
But it's the same in the church. Uh-huh. Like we we have grown comfortable, and we have grown to just assume that everyone knows what we're talking about, and they just don't. Mm-hmm. They just don't. Yeah. Um, we have to be explicit, and I don't know if it's just because. We've grown to think that the gospel, it, 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 I mean, I, I would just posit that it's probably the decisionism that churches have been so, so wrapped up in. Like the gospel is this at the end of the service, calling people to, to come and make a decision instead of the gospel is the message. Like it is the whole, it's, it is the whole point. Yeah. It's not just it's not just tacked on at the end of a service. It's not just part of what the Bible is about. The whole Bible is about Jesus and his gospel. Uh my uh my new, my uh, preaching professor, he would he would often tell us like you can you can miss the gospel in the Old Testament and just preach it like moralist moralistic stories. But you can do it in the New Testament when Jesus is in the text. <laughs> You yeah. can you can miss it, and his um, his favorite example was the feeding of the five thousand, mm. because you've got Jesus teaching; he's in the story. You've got the people that are around, and he wants to send them away because they're they're hungry. And um, there's a there's a boy that has some bread and fish. What is the what's the moral of the story? Well, maybe hopefully it wasn't share. Uh, I mean that that's. Like that's a uh, that's, that's people, a common that's a common thing. Like be like the like be like the boy and be generous and share. Right, right. I mean that's even the liberal interpretation of the story mm-hmm. is that he was the example, and then everyone started sharing their food, and there was enough to go around. Right. Like that's that, that is the moralistic uh-huh. um, meaning of the story. Right. And you miss the gospel. Right. You miss the fact that it's Jesus who can give provide. Life. He gives the bread, life. Bread of life. Yeah. Um. He he is. He is the creator, and he's the one who gives life. I mean, that's that's the that's the whole point in John chapter six. Right. Um, the the teaching that comes after the the miracle, the miracle is all about how he is the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but we've just I think we've just gotten to that place in American Christianity where the gospel is just this tacked on message. I've heard I've heard moralistic stories or mor- moralistic sermons. All about what you can do and how to do it, and here's here's the you know the five steps to do this, and then there's the invitation at the end, like, come to Jesus. It's like he just you just told everyone that they can they just have to follow these steps. Like what do they need Jesus for? Yeah, I think you know as you get older, I think when you're younger, what you assume is life will get easier the older you get. Can you identify? Mm-hmm. I have to think about this because you know I got a young man; he's 19. At- college and life doesn't get any easier it mm. just gets harder the older you get mm-hmm. and I imagine the older you get even more hard it gets so people need whether they've been a christian for one year or for 50 years yeah this is what they need they need to remember this and you got it got there by looking at the reverse like he states it in a negative way do not be led away by diverse teachings mm-hmm. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have no benefit, uh, the, who do not benefit those devoted to them. So the negative of that is remember the gospel, right? Right, because people can be easily led astray, yeah, into various 
teachings mm -hmm. of all kinds. There, uh, so the commentaries were kind of split on what he's talking about here. Um, some of them said, well, he's, he's kind of dealing with all of the, the different false teachings that were going around, like at, at Colossia. Um, so you read Colossians, especially chapter two, and Paul is, is warning against these different teachings that are all about asceticism and worship of angels and, and things like that, which are kind of like false teachings that are offshoots of Judaism. Uh -huh. But I, I think he's still talking about the Old Covenant um, way of worship here. Mm. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's talked about food before, how the food is no, no benefit. Right. Um, and I think the reason that he's calling it diverse and strange teachings is because it, the, the way that the unbelieving Jews um, who are practicing the Old Covenant ceremonial worship at the temple in Jerusalem are, are understanding all the ceremonies and the sacrifices are that these are an end in themselves. And that's not the way that the Old Testament even treats it. The Old Testament and the Old Testament saints are are looking through those types and shadows uh -huh. to the fulfillment in Christ and the gospel. Right. And so anyone who is ignoring that or um, rejecting that is following a strange teaching that even the Old Testament is not teaching. Right. Like... Like the apostle is saying that the, the the message of the Old Testament is the same as the New Testament. Uh, it's faith in Christ. Yeah. Um, and so to go back to the uh, the temple is to accept a strange teaching. It's not it's not as if well we're worshiping the one true God this way. Yeah. And you can worship the one true God this way. Right. No. If you if you go back. You're rejecting the one true God. Yeah, it's, it is a diverse and strange teaching to go back and offer animal sacrifices or follow food laws or, or ceremonial clean cleansing laws or any of that. Yeah, there's a movement. Um, it's a Hebrew roots movement, is mm -hmm. what they call it. Mm -hmm. Am I thinking of the right one? There's a couple, of, but yeah, I'm probably they they roots. they try to keep Sabbath Saturday Sabbath, and they don't they don't eat foods, certain kinds of foods. They try to keep the all these various Old Testament festivals and yeah. they really tie it to like what it means to be a faithful Christian. Mm -hmm. So they would see us as not a faith not a faithful right. Christian. Right. So they forget, you know, that it all culminated in Christ. Yeah. He's fulfilled the old covenant. Um like all of the all of those ceremonial laws of the Old Testament were supposed to be communicating something right. about the gospel. Yeah. And the saints, the the remnant of the old of the Old Testament period understood that and were looking, they were using the the types and shadows in the way that God intended for them to be used. Uh -huh. like they're looking through them to Christ. Right. So when they went to the temple and offered animal sacrifices, they were understanding that there's coming a substitute right. who, will, who will save us from our sins. Yeah. Um, and so to view the animal sacrifices as an end in themselves, as the ultimate, um, and ignore Christ is to adopt a false religion. Mm -hmm. um, no matter if you slap the Jewish name on it, it's a false religion. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he's telling them, don't be led away by this. Don't be led so. astray by this. And he's, he's again reminding them not to follow, not to fall away from Christ and the church and go back to, um, 
the, the temple. Yeah. And if he's warning them here <laughs> while while the apostles are still alive, mm-hmm. uh, the danger is is uh, multiplied yeah. for us. Remember, so remember the teaching of the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I uh, <clears throat> you know, you can you can use food in a good way because yeah. Christ has he's you know he made all foods clean like you're right. free to eat. So I call this remember El Pastor. Mm. <laughs> First, you have remember your pastors. Okay. This is remember El Pastor. Mm, okay. You ever have El Pastor tacos? I have. Yeah. Pork tacos, my friend. A <laughs> heavenly thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're still giving food to remember the gospel. I mean, mm-hmm. we we had the Lord's Supper right. last night, and the bread and the. I always call it wine, even though it's grape juice. Sometimes it turns into wine around yes, here. It's, Our, we had this a, that jug true. of grape juice. We had that jug of grape juice, <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh-huh. we had uh, the supper maybe a month ago. And I was like, "Hmm, this doesn't taste like regular grape juice." Mm. I think it was just naturally fermented. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Remember, gross the gospel. You had a good quote in here though that I think is <clears throat> worthwhile. Thinking about, I don't, I don't remember who you said you got it from. Four stages to lose the gospel. Mm-hmm. Remember, yeah. remember that. Yep. You had ex- uh, the gospel is accepted. Next, the gospel is assumed. Third, the gospel is confused. Fourth, the gospel is lost. Yep. And where did you D- get that from? D.A. Carson has a, a similar um, quote. He says, "The way you lose the gospel is not by denying it, but by assuming it." Mm. Uh, J. Max Styles. Um, it's just a. Theologian, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, conservative evangelical guy. Okay. Um, yeah, but that, that's that's how you lose the gospel. That's that's you can you can look at churches and you can see it. They assume the gospel. They don't. They're not explicit about it. They would call themselves Christians, and if you you were to ask them, you know, point blank about the gospel, they would tell you about Jesus dying on the cross for sinners. That you need to trust him, but they just assume it. They don't. They don't. They don't sing it. They don't preach it. It's just everyone understands this, right? Um, and then it gets confused because people aren't hearing it, and so the fal- false teachings, false understandings, diverse and strange teachings start to come in, mm-hmm. and then you lose it. You lose the gospel, right? Um, that's why I urged a, a bunch of different groups of people to be explicit about the gospel. Don't just assume it. Don't dance around it. Don't don't try to be creative or or innovative. Just teach the gospel. Teach the explicit gospel. Whether you're a Sunday school teacher or uh, our elders or parents at home, uh, or if you're just preaching the gospel to yourself, like remind yourself of the gospel. Right, yeah. Um, we we don't move past it as if well, this is the entryway. You know, this is the gateway to to Christianity, and and once we're past it, we don't need it anymore, and we'll go on to to uh, you know deeper things. You never move past the gospel, even as you're learning more and more and more through the scriptures. It always comes back to the gospel. It always has the gospel. Always has to be central. Right. Um, I think we're we're living in a time today that. I don't know if you want to call it adjectival, the adjectival error where the gospel is in the process of being confused. I don't think people can't 
see it in the time that it's going on usually, mm. like if they're involved. But I I think we can see it, and that's when people will slap the label faithful Christian mm. onto something. Yeah, yeah. And then attached to that, they will usually put their, you know, pet peeve of some kind, whether that's political activism, subscribing to uh, maybe our form of abolitionism, uh, whatever it may be, if you slap that label on there, and this isn't something where you can point explicitly into the New Testament and say, this is how New Testament Christians lived, this is how the gospel advanced in the early church, because you can point to things in the Bible and say, this is what faithful Christianity looks like. Mm -hmm. But if you do that in our day, and you can't anchor it to what the early church, what is explicitly in the New Testament, what the early church did that we know from history that they did with the gospel, what the apostles were doing and those that followed after them, what you're doing is setting up the gospel to be lost. Mm. Right? We wonder how in the world was the gospel lost in Roman Catholicism, and the reformers were trying to, they weren't trying to break the church up, they were trying to reform the church. How did it happen? Well, it happened over a process of small confusions. Mm. We're in the process of that in America yeah. today. The type of Christianity that many will passionately say, this is faithful Christianity, cannot be lived out around the world. Yeah. So that's kind of a test that I apply to it when people make these statements. Could a, could a, could the underground church in China live this out? Or if they tried to live it out, is it like off to the re-education camp for everyone immediately? Right or the early Christians, were they doing these things and calling this faithful Christianity? If not, we shouldn't either, or we run the risk of for an entire generation confusing the gospel. Mm. And once an entire generation's confused on the gospel, the next generation loses it. Right. So. And and it's um, it is a process that happens quickly. Like we've we've seen everything happens quick nowadays. I mean, we've we've seen just over the last decade. How quickly the gospel is just it uh, it's being confused with uh, social justice, right? Like if you're not if you're not um, uh, adopting something like critical race theory, then you're you're undermining the gospel. Uh. Like this is a gospel issue. We we talked about that with um, with Josh. Right. Remember the episode we did with Josh? Uh huh. What is a gospel issue? Right. Um, that's confusing the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you've got the gospel and you've got social justice or, or fill in the blank. Right. So this is what faithful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This so is what faithful have, Christianity We've got to have like. the explicit gospel. What What is the gospel? What is the good news? Mm -hmm. And it's if it's tacking on anything to the death of Christ um, in the place of sinners on the cross— and that faith in him alone will provide justification for the sinner, like you're adding something. Right. Uh, Paul in, in Galatians, I mean, we probably wouldn't say circumcision is a, a small thing, but it, it's like it like this is not this is not a, a big deal. This is this is just a minor thing. Like you you need Christ and circumcision. And Paul says You've lost the gospel, right? Like that's a false teaching, mm -hmm. and we would say, "Well, it's just, it's just this is what faithful Christianity looks like." I notice his argument doesn't include uh, "you're good to go" because baptism, you baptize your kids. That's right. 
<laughs> strangely absent from any of these arguments. Yeah, he doesn't say you don't need to be circumcised. You just need to you just need to baptize your kids. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't use that argument. Right. All right, very good. So, um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good sermon. Where are we going next? Well, the hardest thing about this this passage was whether I should preach verse ten with seven through nine mm-hmm. or leave it with eleven through sixteen. And it wasn't until Thursday that I finally was like, "All right, I'm not going to preach verse ten. Okay. I'll leave it with. I'm going to leave it with this next one uh, because seven through sixteen really it's it it really is is uh, one. I mean, it's it's a paragraph in uh, in our Bibles, so that the the thought is kind of going through it. Um, but uh, I kept ten with eleven because I think that the idea of the Day of Atonement is kind of in there, and uh, so we're going to do ten through sixteen, and it's all about uh, we need to go out, we need to go out to Christ outside the city. Mm. Okay. And suffer the suffer the shame and reproach that Christ bore yeah. for us. So, so four more. Uh, yeah, t- uh, ten through sixteen will be Sunday, and then seventeen through twenty, uh, seventeen through nineteen, and then twenty through twenty-one, then twenty-two through the end of the book. So, all right, good stuff. <clears throat> Look forward to it. All right. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. Hopefully, you've uh, had a good time enjoyed yourselves and that's what this is about we want to have a good time help you to understand the bible our goal is to help you to be more and more conformed to christ articulate the gospel hopefully and uh, help you as you progress in this world uh, more and more uh, into the image of christ that's our goal if this you find this podcast beneficial please give us a like maybe a subscribe or a share we're on a whole variety of platforms that you can listen on we're on youtube you can write us a review. That's very helpful for us as well. You can also donate to the podcast. Uh, those donations will be used for things like upgrading our headphones, which only work sometimes in one ear because um, we're high tech around here. Mm-hmm. You, only need, you only need one ear. You only need one, really. You've got two, but one one will do. So good to uh, good to be with you. Hopefully you'll come back and join us next time. Bye-bye.